2: Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you?
0: Uh, good, Shad. I'm doing well.
2: I'm glad to hear it. We want to say thank you to everybody out there for joining us for this episode. We're going to get our shout outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, Collar and Elbow Brand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C, and Corners, capital P. And podcast to save 10% off your order. However, we are recording this the week of Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. they are running their Black Friday sale 30% off everything, and I don't know if our code stacks with that or not. May as Usually well give it a does. shot. Usually does,
3: but rarely it hasn't.
0: I've gotten but some actually- of their clearance items for like uber cheap with the code.
3: It should stack if, like, it's just, like, a discount that's automatically taken off. If it's, like, a code you have to put in for that discount, uh, I mean, like, the Black Friday discount, then may, it may not.
0: Yeah, I hate when sites do that.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, so, we don't quite know yet, but it's <laughs> worth checking, I guess. Um, and, our, uh, so, go check it out, see if our code works. If it works, great. Um, you know. Let them know that, uh, let them know we sent you. The other shout out that I have is a hey, folks in eastern Kentucky are still trying to rebuild after the flooding, and there are plenty of people who have just flat out forgotten that it happened. Um, there are folks there that need your help. I'm going to recommend that if you would like to contribute to these good people trying to build their way back up, um, if you want to go through a store that is honest to God doing good work with their proceeds, as in form their own LLC to distribute the money directly to the people that need it, I'm going to say go through Appalachian Apparel. Or if you just want to donate directly to an organization that's doing good work, go to Appleshop, appalshop.org Um, They're doing good work, and they know how to get the money where it needs to go. With those taken care of, our other shout-out goes over to Matt.
3: Uh, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Yes, folks, it is the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, I wonder what Orlando's favorite Thanksgiving side is. Oh, but why is it mac and cheese? Because mac and cheese <laughs> is, the, is the best.
0: <laughs> you know, we really, my family really never did that as a Thanksgiving side.
3: Oh, that—that's a actually like let's consider this let's have this like brief conversation like what do you consider quintessential thanksgiving sides because i didn't know this but it, i guess it is regional like there are different regions of That's the country true. actually like always do certain sides or prefer certain sides my family is like from the south from uh, like augusta georgia and so mac and cheese was always like like a big thing like that was like a perennial side so with our meal
0: we're talking the uh, things in our area. You better have, or you're gonna get knifed, is what we're we're saying for quintessentials. <laughs> like you for, don't yes. you don't necessarily have to enjoy those things, but so they're gonna
2: be on the table somewhere. Yeah. So I'd say mm-hmm.
0: turkey and stuffing is obvious. hmm Um, let's see. It um, was mac- mashed it was potatoes mac- and gravy. Yes. Uh,
3: yeah. and, and again, it was mac and cheese, but what my family would always do like a mac and cheese. It's basically like a casserole. And uh, I, yeah, when I never got the recipe from my mother, my mother has passed away, so I was like, well, I'll never have that mac and cheese again. But a friend actually found like this mac and cheese, this casserole recipe, and uh, passed it along to me, and then I made it. I've made it like a couple times now, and I'm like, damn, this is like the closest thing I've had.
0: You know, you know, what's funny about that is, you know, your grandparents, or your grandmother always made something that was awesome. And then you find out as an adult, it was just off the back of some box <laughs> on like like oh, yeah. Betty Crocker thing in the 50s. And it's like it ruins the illusion or or you find that recipe and you just can never get it quite right, even if you follow the instructions.
3: Oh, I the thing that my mom made that I like loved best of everything she would ever make. That I lamented, because again, one of those things that it's like I never got the recipe from her, and then she passed away, and I'm like, well, it was these biscuits, it was biscuits, and I'm like, because I love biscuits, I like, I pretty, I kind of like don't eat bread much anymore, but I do love bread products, and yeah. I love like her biscuits, because they were always like so damn tasty, and I'm like, damn, I'll never have those biscuits again, and then I actually was like, cleaning through some of her stuff, like after she passed away years ago so you know no one sent me condolences like it happened years ago but in cleaning through her stuff i found a, like a recipe book and it wasn't even like a handwritten one it was uh it was some brand of flour like they had like a like a baking cookbook and it, it it's like a hook too because it's like uh you can they give you the recipe but it's also like use our brand of flour and it's like okay all right yeah <laughs> but it was for um it was using self-rising flour to make those biscuits like three ingredients self-rising flour shortening uh and also like milk or buttermilk depending on what you like and i did it and it's her biscuit recipe exactly and the biscuits is like that i make i'm going to make them like uh i'm probably going to make them tomorrow or or on thanksgiving they're going to be fantastic it's her biscuit recipe and i'm so glad i have it but i found out like if you're going to make it like make the dough. You cannot make the the dough with like a biscuit cutter. You know, like a, like a a pre-made like let me cut, let me oh, roll yeah, out that yeah. dough and like cut it with like a biscuit cutter, round biscuit cutter. You can't do it that like, way. They won't rise like they're supposed to. Oh, you okay. got to hand form those bitches, and then they'll like they'll they'll uh rise as they should and be delicious.
0: Well, the other problem too is um. A lot of companies have cheaped out over the years. so like the the actual products you're building from don't taste the same anymore. So you can't quite recreate it anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. They've, they've kind of. All right. All right. Since we're talking about this, I have an important question for you guys. If you've got a roll of Pillsbury, do you press the spoon into it to get it to pop? Or do you caveman that sucker across the edge of the counter?
0: oh i just twist i do it like a man shad
2: <laughs> you're gonna say Manning <laughs> is not doing it like a man
0: i'm saying using brute strength to get it to pop pro- no i i actually so i'll do the twist but some of them aren't cut properly so that's when i'll get out the the spoon to give it just enough so i can pop it but i don't i don't smack it on the counter
3: Gentlemen, I do both manly ways. I will try and twist it, and if I can't get it that way, I will caveman the hell out of that thing right there on the <laughs> on the countertop. Whatever. I don't I don't use a spoon. I just like pa- pound that thing like I'm like it owes me money. Uh, or I just twist it. And that works out pretty yeah, well.
2: I was gonna say, with all the stress that goes on in preparing food for Thanksgiving, smack it, bitch. I mean, you gotta let some stress out somewhere. Can uh, I give
3: you can I give you like a quick uh, cooking a uh, tip? This is just this off the top of my head. I'm listening. Pillsbury croissant. Yeah. Uh, the croissant like roll dough. Yeah. Um, Take that like cut it up into like little strips and little smokies. Yeah. You do take in a blanket. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. My wife does that uh sometimes and it's like fantastic and, and they they are so damn addictive put some, that she'll make a whole batch and it's like by the end of the evening it's like hand ha- over hand those suckers right? put, put yeah, some, like, put some shredded
0: them? cheese when you roll them up and you get some oh
3: wow yeah she she sometimes does that but it's like half the batch will be like normal half the batch will have like the cheese in it so and they are ridiculously addictive so to
2: to confess something uh, not the exact same thing, but my go-to Super Bowl snack is similar. It's Little Smokies wrapped in bacon. Mm. And I know that that something on my blood panel is going up when I eat them, but I do not care. That is how much I love them. <laughs> so in case you all haven't figured out, we're not exactly on a particular topic tonight. Uh, Brad, what are we doing?
0: Uh, we're just doing a basic bag of holding because, um, we have stuff in the pipeline, but that we didn't want to stress ourselves this weekend because, mm-hmm. um, several of us had a lot of harsh life events going on, so um, yeah,
1: we're yes. probably
0: gonna hit Starcade next week. Okay. But so we're gonna do a bag of holding, and we had there's some good questions this week. Um,
2: yeah. Brad stole the bag back from me. Yes.
0: Um, And in one of them, we kind of touched on the conversation last week because one led into the other. And we'll probably just start with that. So gun to your head, you have to take one or the other for your roster. You have to take either Tyrus or The Miz. (laughs) Miz. I'm going to say Miz, but I'm going to say I would want neither of them.
3: Uh, the if, real, that that is the real answer, but I would also take Miz because while I don't think Miz is a great worker now, and he arguably has not never been like a great worker. There have been times when he's been like perfectly serviceable, uh, and, and I don't think Tyrus has ever been that in his prob- lifetime.
0: The problem with Miz is you can't. Any, any talent you want to like Do anything with or to be over You can't pair with The Miz Because working with The Miz you, Even if you win the feud You're less over by virtue of being Stuck with that albatross Because the problem is Tyrus has no redeeming qualities whatsoever Let's just get that out of the way He has no redeeming qualities As like mm-hmm. a professional wrestler But the thing is Miz has never been particularly good And he's practically worthless Post um, ACL tear
2: yeah, that ACL tear has messed him up. But yeah. prior to that, I would argue he had a years long run of being a perfectly serviceable, perfectly capable mid card heel that worked just fine.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, he largely tanked Daniel Bryan's return. That is
2: one thing that I am I am not actually going to put on him. That feud should have been one match. Daniel Bryan should have beat the living crap out of him and that should have been it. That but, should not have been a feud, that should have been a triumphant return.
0: But the problem is the way their booking works and how he acts as a heel, like he buries anyone he works with for the most part. Now yeah. I will I will say the one thing in his positive, and I will I will say this is a massive plus for him, is that it can always be held over CM Punk's head that Miz main event of the mania and he did not Now, Punk should have main evented <laughs> one Mania, I think, but I still find that hilarious, especially like yeah. with uh, in light of recent events.
2: Yeah, um, that's that's a good burn.
0: <clears throat> but I, I mean, like neither would be my my preference. Uh,
2: they're they're not anywhere at the top of a of a list I would make. And but I Miz would be way. The heck further up the list than, than Tyrus would
0: be. I'd be grudgingly mm-hmm. have Miz on my roster and just bury him and get rid of him as soon as possible. But like, um, Tyrus, he, I would not know part of. Oh no,
3: no, no, Tyrus, like, Tyrus shouldn't even be like a mid card act. Like he should be. If he should be if, a he he would, jobber. That's the only way you should use them if you're going to use them at all. Like it should be as a jobber. For but,
0: Goldberg, maybe.
3: Yeah, but Miz, see the problem with like Miz, Miz has been, I would say, like entertaining at points in his life, but he's been entertaining when he was just like a mid-card act. And the problem is that he like Vince, you know, used him too damn much in the last few years. It's just like, oh, well, yeah, I hope we have a three hour raw all right, let's put Miz up there for 30 minutes. That'll kill 30 minutes. I'll kill like a a sixth of the show. I think
0: the greater problem is though, as you say, it points in his career, but like he's, he's pretty much been around WWE. We'll, 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 we'll go conservative and say for 16 years. And I would be willing to give him three good years combined over his career of those 16 for, for entertainment value, which is not a good value proposition.
2: I'm still of this, he had a stretch of being just perfectly capable, perfectly fine, did his job, and it, no problem.
0: I remember, I remember there was one time I hadn't watched in a couple years, and this is probably about 2011, I hadn't watched for a couple years. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give WWE a try. Turn the TV on, Miz is on my TV, I turned it off, and I didn't try for another year and a half. <laughs>
2: Let's give this another shot. I came to play. No, I did not. Yeah. There we go. I mean uh, a lot of my I'd rather watch hiatus. Randy Orton
0: than The Miz because because he, I here's I'm going to I don't like Randy Orton, but here's the thing with Randy Orton. I can at least appreciate Randy Orton in the technical aspects and how good and aware he is of his of his profession.
3: Yeah, I would say that like he I actually think Randy Orton is actually in terms of like a worker like good. It's just that he got pushed he, way too much for too long. So I just became like yeah. sick of him.
0: And he gets the problem is, is you have to engage him to get the best out of him because if he's bored. He's not going to.
3: No,
2: it sure makes him appear very lazy. And um, I just don't have a. How can I best phrase this? I kind of have a personal distaste for for Randy Orton, so...
0: But there's, there's like, little savvy stuff I've seen him do. Like, they were doing something in the ring, and he was selling, and a chair was in the wrong spot for a spot, and you can just see him selling, and he just takes his foot and, like, drags the chair away. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's like, the little things you appreciate about Miz. I mean, not Miz, because Miz wouldn't do that. Um, Orton and how good he is, and, like, how aware of everything he is, or... Even, like, um to give a comparison, we saw that gif on Twitter of, like, that fan kind of came at Ted DiBiase from that, like, weird angle. And he still, like, saw the movement and ducked his head just because he had that, like, experience oh, yeah. and proficiency <laughs> at, like, being attacked by <laughs> crazy fans. He
2: had that territory sense.
0: Yeah. Because he's like, oh, that's someone coming at me. So... Uh, Okay, so we are going to go on to our next one. So by virtue of being on this podcast for, I think this is like 236 or 237 episode wise. Yeah. Um, has you, what is What are things or a thing your opinion has changed on by virtue of doing the podcast?
2: Okay, I've got like three things here. So I could go first, or you guys could, and I could go last. I don't care either
0: way. Pick, pick a positive change, Shad. Let's we'll start with that.
2: A po- okay, you know what? I've got all three listed here. Um, it was, and so here's a positive change, and I need to preface it with, this is not like I thought this was bad or anything, but I did not have as much of an appreciation as I do now for the Mega Powers Explode angle.
0: That's a good one. That's a
3: good answer. That's a good answer. Because I, I think when we watched it, and we watched it, like, really the whole span of this from, like, mm-hmm. over the course of, what, like, three years? Yeah. Like, how it was, they, they were building up Savage, and then they eventually, you know, pulled the trigger on that angle. And then the aftermath, like, that is arguably, like, the best storyline that, that the WWE has ever done.
0: It's, I would call it Vince's magnum opus as a <laughs> as a booker
3: which is crazy cuz it happened like in the in the mid to late 80s but it, it happened like late 80s I
0: there's guess. like so much detail and like so many little tweaks and turns and like just little callbacks cuz that's that's really watching old TV that is, like Vince gets annoying as an announcer but before he gets really out of control in the 90s like he's really good at like connecting the dots because, you know, he's also the booker, but, like, there was a point in his life where he was a details guy.
2: Yeah, I, it is. Um, I also wonder how much of this was him letting Hogan and Savage have more reign than they might have in the past, uh, or maybe other people would. But as you said, the layers and the build on this and the fact that the build to put them together and then the build to take them apart and then the match that, that finally blew the whole thing up, like, it's it's measured and paced and mm-hmm. keeps you engaged. But, you know, the, the savage promos about, you know, the details and the things he plays out here,
3: you it- really – and you really have to like sometimes you have to like pay attention to what he was saying because it's easy like in the heat of the moment when he's like talking shit to to hogan it's like yeah it's like he's talking shit like you get it like in watching it when i was much younger like it almost goes over your head you don't realize some of the intricacies of what he's saying but then when you listen to it and he says all sorts of things it's not just about like liz and jealous eyes stuff like that it's like like how come you never challenged me, Hogan? How come you never asked me for a title shot? And then these like little things like that. It's like yeah, I could beat you. Yeah, that would be okay. And it's like his
0: insecurity. He's like insane. His yes, insecurity. his
3: insecurities. It's layered. It's like layered and multifaceted. And it takes like it actually takes some subtlety from both guys.
0: Yeah, because because that was part of it too. Is he never had to go through Hogan to get his title win, and it was slowly eating him up inside. Mm-hmm. Because he wanted... he To fool the Ric Flair thing, he wanted to beat the man to be the man, and he didn't do that, and it was driving him insane.
3: Yeah.
0: And it's I would actually say... And I would actually say, like, where he was right about the list of I actually think he used Hogan being, like, a good friend when it came to the title against him, where he's like, well, no, I'm not going to challenge you. Like, I don't want to... Like, what, I don't... Wanna... Like, well, one, I, I don't...
2: I... Why would I bring this between this good thing we've got going? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, I don't think Randy Savage ever pinned Hulk Hogan in a one-on-one match. Like, ever.
0: Maybe in WCW he did.
2: I'm not sure he did. But in any event, that there you go. That's my appreciation of that angle definitely deepened. Yeah. with the work that we did on it.
0: Now, I will say I will say that is not the f- my favorite angle we did on this show. Okay. Because because we've done one other contextual watch through and I liked it a lot better, which was the build up to final conflict.
1: Mhm. Okay.
0: Which was just just um the back and forth and the little twists and turns and like the callbacks of, you know, Jim Nelson turning and Oh, yeah. The slaughter, you know, some of those great slaughter promos, too, and him just being an utter dick.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I guess that's one thing, like, especially like the last like year or so of this show. Like, I've really appreciated a lot of more old school, like classic wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not that I didn't like that before. It's just that I wasn't really exposed to it. Uh, so through this show I've actually had a chance to actually like watch some of that stuff that I ordinarily wouldn't do because it's easy to just watch content that's being created right now because lord knows there's certainly enough of it like I try to I'm always chronically I'm always chronically behind on Dynamite Rampage I try to watch uh, Impact 2 there's all sorts of Japanese promotions to watch obviously New Japan but also other stuff Noah, DDT the Joshi Feds it's like there's a lot of content out there so it's easy just to watch that stuff because that. That can just consume like all of your life just watching that. Yeah, Anything, because you stuff can like
0: that. you can you can pay like eight dollars and watch like every show a Japanese promotion puts out. Like, hey, yeah. New Japan's having five house shows this week. Okay, well I can watch all this if I want to.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I haven't really had a chance to watch a lot of old school stuff, and this show has kind of pushed me to doing it. But I am not complaining because. There's been some really good gems, and I'm not just talking about like stuff like you said, like the the whole like mega powers angle, but the mm-hmm. final conflict angle. Like that yep. was that show, like the build up to it was fantastic. Yes, like it was a it's self contained because that this the show it's on again it's on uh it's on YouTube folks.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It, it, The road to final conflict, I think, is what the video is called, yep. and it's only like two hours or so, two and a half hours. Like two it, hours?
0: It might be if you watch the if you watch the the whole show, I think it's like maybe three hours total.
3: Okay. It's not it's not as long as you think it is, but it's crazy good. And it's like it's story progression that has done so well. And I, I'm I'm really thankful for being exposed
0: to something like that. My Favorite thing from that is that slaughter promo where he's like, Every time I drive by a cemetery I think about Jay Youngblood <laughs>
2: That's that's actually one – I'll throw this in there because I didn't have it on my list, but just the appreciation of Sergeant Slaughter. Like, I It's not like I didn't think much of Slaughter before, but now having that concrete of like, no, 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 you don't understand how good
3: Slaughter was. Yeah, I, I would actually say that that was something that's also a revelation. It's like there's certain guys, and it's like seeing more of their stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've certainly had a change in attitude. Uh, attitude it. It's not like I, some of these guys, not. I didn't necessarily think that they were bad. It's just, again, I didn't, I wasn't really exposed to them in their prime. It's the degrees
0: mm-hmm. of good. They are like how slaughter was such a total package.
3: Yes. Uh, And even the stuff I had seen, it's like watching it as an adult with more years of appreciation of wrestling. Mm-hmm. My perspective has changed because back in the day, like I, I was I, when I had started Rockstreet wrestling, wrestling. I was like too young to really have seen Slaughter when he had his whole like Iraqi sympathizer heel turn in the, in the early 90s because it all happened like after the fact for me. So I was just watching like Coliseum Home videos from the video store about it. But I would watch it and I remember thinking, like, it was interesting because I mean, I was like a huge G.I. Joe Mark, so it's like, oh, this guy from G.I. Joe, and he was like an, another wrestling character. So I was interested in it because I was hungry for, like, wrestling content. But I didn't think, like – I he didn't leave, like, a great impression. Not that I hated him, but I was just like, eh, nothing special about this guy. And then, yeah. of course, like, with the show, especially the recent months, seeing his stuff, I'm like, damn, this dude was, like, really good. Like, he underappreciated good. Yeah. yeah. He could be a heel, a face, like, whatever he wanted to. And even, like, the, the one of the shows we, we did not that long ago this year – the it's Royal Rumble 91 right yeah when it's like the, the Slaughter Warrior match it's like I would have to put Slaughter as one of like the handful of guys that I have ever seen do this but like one of the handful of guys that actually pulled like a good match out of Warrior and he did it just by bumping his ass off
0: even um the back alley fight we watched against Pat Patterson
3: uh, that was good but people hype that up to be better in, than in I context think
0: it was. Of, of what kind of quality matches you got in WWF. That was insane for the time. But even thinking back yeah. when we watched Final Conflict, though, he's the one that took the crazy bump. He came mm-hmm. off the top of the cage.
2: Mm-hmm. Incidentally, Matt, you hit on one of my other that I my appreciation for because before I just kind of considered him a, an idiot stiff who wasn't good at anything. It was all presentation, but I have more of an appreciation for Warrior now than I used to, because there are so many like epic matches he held up his end in, and it's not like I'm saying that Warrior is some all-time great. Don't hear that.
0: You can't... You cannot... There, there are super well-regarded workers that get so much smoke blown up their ass that do not have the number of high quality, like four to five star matches on the resume that warrior does. Like he might not be a great worker, but you have to, you have to have a baseline of competence. Like you cannot carry a stiff to a four plus star match. I refuse to believe it.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the joke is Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels could have a good match with the couch, but.
0: Well, we've seen, we've, we, I've literally seen Kota Ibushi have a good match with a blow up doll. Right, like, I'm not joking when I say that it is a good match.
2: But Warrior,
0: they're holds great up matches. His
2: end in these, like it's look week to week stuff. Warrior was incredibly formulaic and not good. Yes, mm-hmm. but then there are some that it. I mean, just excellent stuff. And uh, yeah, bear in mind, I'm only talking about ring work. I'm not even talking about his promos. God, his promos are. <laughs> a whole other experience. But, yeah, but just that, the that, ring work is...
0: That face down he had with like Sherry Martella at Royal Rumble 91, like he was good. <laughs> he was legitimately good in that though.
1: hmm
0: right. I'm just
2: saying, I'm straight up talking about his in, in-ring stuff. I'm not talking about his attitudes or anything like, or, you know, holding up Vince for money. Or, I'm just saying, straight up, his in-ring stuff, I was not giving him as much credit as I should have.
0: No, people don't. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my positive. So, um, I'd seen a decent amount before, um, but I've deep dived more the last couple years, and I always enjoyed it and thought it was good. But I don't think I realized and, until we've watched some of the stuff this year, honestly, like to the depth and how cutting edge that like Memphis wrestling was in the 70s That's... and 80s. That's and a like, good answer, yeah. And, like, I always kind of thought people were a little crazy when they said it would, it might be the greatest promotion of all time. But I'm kind of getting on board with that, that it mm-hmm. was, like, literally, in some instances, like, 20 years ahead of the curve. It's it, –
3: that is something, I guess, I could also say I appreciate about the show is that it, it has exposed me again to more stuff and – I would say because, like, Brad, it's still, like, I I don't know how to phrase it. I don't know if it's saying, like, oh, it's still relevant today. Because that's not quite quite the right way to phrase it. But it's, like, it's still, it's, like, it has a timeless quality to it. It still seems, like, so real and visceral.
0: It's because it's, it's because all of it delves from personal issues. Like, it's not like, it's not like some of the dumb shit you get in, like, the big promotions. Like, where, like, they're fighting over cartoon shit that doesn't. Like, hold up. It's like, you have the belt I want, or you fucked me over, or hey, you screwed my woman. Like, let's fight. Like, that's why it works, because it's very – it's very they, – they do, like, a lot of fancy booking, but when you come down to, like, the motivations, they they all have, like, very real and human motivations.
2: It's kind of evergreen in that this stuff was, you know, 70s and 80s, but it's, it's still – compelling it's still interesting or
0: like the tupelo concession stand brawl where i think one of those belts did something to um bill dundee's (laughs) daughter because he was he was beating honky tonk man with that thing
2: He, he was beating honky to death with it
0: Was that, um, or or seeing, you know, that was also fun, was seeing the second one and seeing Anita being like, I think Matt said it perfectly, like, you can just see it, like, coming over his face, like, hey, I kind of like this.
3: Yeah. (laughs) The original, like, Tupelo one was, like, just crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, that one.
0: It's like a brawl. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a controlled riot.
3: Yeah, that, the original one, and also I would say, like, the, the slaughter, Carnoodle, Youngblood, uh, steamboat match, mm-hmm. like it. Those are two ones that we've watched in recent times. It, by recent, I mean, like this year, and both of them like shocked the hell out of me because, it, it that's something that they don't have. Neither of those have like the hype that, I mean, maybe like the Tupelo one does, but they don't have like the hype that like oh, the Slaughter. Uh, Patterson match boot camp match has and it's like both of those are way way wilder to the point where I was watching this and as I'm watching it I'm progressively like perking up in my seat I'm like almost like getting on the edge of my seat I'm like mm-hmm. hunching over I'm just looking I'm like what the hell am I watching this shit is now like out of control and like mm-hmm. I, I look I've been watching wrestling for years years and years and years it is rare for me to see something and be like whoa like that's I don't know what I'm seeing, like that's gone crazy, but those two matches, like in particular, uh, they they had that reaction. I'm like, I can't believe it. it they're just controlled riots they're they're contained controlled riots that just go
0: crazy, or even the point even the hmm? second one where they didn't tell like the concession stand of workers and that woman is just screaming the whole time because they're tearing <laughs> her concession stand up, yeah, yeah, yeah um i'll, I'll okay. throw a second one out there for good Go um for andre the giant is a way better worker than anyone realizes
3: yeah yes it, he actually was he actually he it's one of those things that I, he's old school so it's like he didn't do more than he had to mm-hmm. initially uh and he certainly he shouldn't be like bumping his ass off for a bunch of guys only guys certain guys that it would actually make sense with like stan hansen but or or taking
0: that um where i was really where where i really was kind of enamored with him is that that nwa title match where harley race like slams him on the floor and he's like face imperiling a whole fall Mm
3: -hmm. yeah no what we've seen with this show is that andre had he had psychology like he knew how to work absolutely It's just that when he got, obviously, as he got older, like, he never stopped growing. So his his health started declining quite rapidly. Yeah. And he wasn't able to do much in the ring. I mean, people forget, like... I mean, for a lot of people that are into wrestling, Andre is, like, far past their time. Mm -hmm. But Andre... Andre lived to, like, the ripe old age of, like, 70 or something like that. Andre... Down at, like, 40... No older than like forty five. Like he was young, relatively yeah. young. Yeah.
0: Because I think um 'cause I think Big Show has like the same condition, but he's worked really hard to stay in shape as he's gotten older.
3: Well, he also it's so it's like a tumor or some sort of condition with the pituitary gland. It's like a form of giantism.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah.
3: there yeah. is uh an actual like uh surgery that can be done. Uh yeah. and, and Big Show actually did that surgery, so he's he's still a very large man. But he it stopped at where he's he's effectively he stopped growing. And yeah. that's good because I mean he will have I wish him nothing but a long and healthy life, but so but when you're of a certain size, like he might have like health issues just because of the size. I mean yeah. Yeah. there are NBA players who are older and like they have a lot of joint issues or they have difficulties like that just because the human body has has effectively has limits, so this, the yeah. bigger you are, the more health concerns you have well, of a certain sortilege. But
0: and the other thing, Big Show has going for him that I think people don't realize. Like when you really like get into like the history of medicine, like the the modern medicine as we know it now really didn't kick in until like the early nineties.
2: Yeah, um, Show had the surgery for his acromalgia, I think is the is mm. the name, uh, and it you just your pituitary just keeps throwing out growth hormone and Andre supposedly turned it down, um, that they had a treatment for it. And he said, no, which, you know, just ended up making him more and more immobile.
0: But I think, Mm -hmm. I think you have to, I I think, I think if we're talking like the late seventies, early eighties, I don't think I would want them like screwing around in my head at that time.
2: Eh, That's fair. Mm, Yeah.
0: Cause, I mean that stuff was cuz like I was when I had my when I had my carpal tunnel I had a director um that had it done like in 2000 and I was okay. like 6 weeks out from surgery and she has this gigantic scar still she can't use her fingers properly and I was 6 weeks out and I had better range of motion in my hand already from mm-hmm. the surgery and I have barely any scar like like even when my dad my dad has had both hips replaced mm-hmm. and just the difference of five years, like the first time was like caveman surgery compared to what they did the second time, right. just from five years difference. Like that's how quick medicine like evolves now.
3: Yeah. It's certain things like they, they really kind of have down, uh, like that, like that surgery, like the, cause that's a very routine surgery. Mm-hmm. What's well, become routine it's like it's you go back years ago it's like would not have been routine but that now it's like it's done so often that
0: they they don't even put fucking metal in you anymore like all the the only metal put in you for hip surgery is like the filament like it's Mm. ceramic now yeah and i don't even think they they might not have even used ceramic the second time Hmm. but like my surgery they didn't even put me under they just gave me a nerve block, and I was done wow. in 15 minutes. Now, the nerve block hurt really bad. bet <laughs> it did. But, like, I mean, I, I was fine after a month. Like, I don't really have any issues now. And, like, all they did was give me a little cut and, like, cut the ligaments around the nerve. Like, it wasn't this big invasive thing like it used to be. Even when I had my gallbladder, you couldn't even see. You can't even tell I had it done because none of the incisions were that bad.
3: Just to go back something. I, I just yeah. one of the things that I just digressing, but one of the things that is always like enduringly funny is just how much, <laughs> just how much beer that Andre could consume. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like looking it up, and it's like there are different accounts of like how much he could drink. He did admit once to um, drinking 119 12 uh, 12 ounce. Beers in the span of six hours, which a, a, <laughs> which amounts to forty over forty one liters. Which yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have ever done like an Oktoberfest or something like that. If you get like the liter beer, it's like gigantic. Yeah, liters pretty big. Like I I got a, for my birthday, which is recently like last week. Like my wife took me out to like a German restaurant for lunch, and I got like two different liters of beer. Uh, which were close to like six percent alcohol each one, and I don't I don't really drink that much like that anymore. But after two liters in the span of like a couple hours, I was feeling like toasty. Like I came back home before we have, uh, we got our daughter from daycare. Like I came back home, I like passed out on the couch. <laughs> so I can't ima- I can't believe this dude drank like over forty one liters. It was that was his
2: self medication. You know, of of every all the pain he had to put up with, alcohol was how he medicated himself. Um, my oddly, my favorite Andre story was because if you if you went to go eat with Andre, he picked up the bill. It did mm-hmm. not matter, he did. And he he went to to dinner one night with Schwarzenegger, and Schwarzenegger tried to sneak away and get the bill just to be like, you you've gotten too many of them, Andre. It's my turn. And he goes up and he's talking – he's at the hostess station talking to him. All of a sudden, these two big hands pick him up and put him on top of, like, the parti- a partition in the restaurant. And Andre looks at him, I pay, and, like, turned around and talked to the hostess. Picked up Arnold Schwarzenegger like that. You know, he's just so adamant about it.
0: I think um, my favorite is when they were shooting Princess Bride, and Ben Savage was sad because he wanted to meet him mm. because they shot on different Fred days. Savage. Fred Savage, Fred, sorry. Yeah. Um, Fred Savage was upset about that, and Andre found out and showed up like on an off day so that he could meet him.
2: Yeah. Um. All right. Do we, uh, I had one other like opinion change? Okay. Um, this one's a little more recent. I already like the guy, but I just have a deeper appreciation of Lex Luger now than I used to.
0: He's because uh, he's legit. He was legit good. Yes. Points in his career.
2: Mm -hmm. I I, I think that what happens is there are a lot of people who try and judge him by his WWF run.
0: No, they judge him by they judge him by like the 88 stuff where he didn't get over the hump and like the choke artist thing Mm -hmm. um, stuck. But even Brian Alvarez went on a huge rant about that and said, like, it wasn't his fault. Like Luger always came to the table and the bookers screwed him
2: yeah uh the the lex express thing ending with him getting a count out win over Yokozuna I'm like that is that is not a good payoff
0: well like, the problem that is, is
2: that is screwing him
0: the problem is mm-hmm. like that wasn't the problem it was him celebrating like he won the title is what screwed like them having him do that is what screwed him
2: well i'm I'm just saying that that angle falling apart is not on him
0: no mm-hmm. um so But even I would say I would say even going into 1997 WCW, if you if you really review like the big moments in their career, like Luger's big moments always hit a little better than Sting's did. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like his title wins, like even his win over Hogan, like hit a little better. I mean, there was the screwy stuff, but like. If if I if I went back based on how things went, like I would have given Luger the the long term run, and I would have done the quick back and forth with Sting because Luger's win went over a little better. And that's nothing against Sting. I'm just saying, like for things people don't account for, like he tended to he tended to stick the landing even with bad booking around him a little better. Mm-hmm. Um. I also say like, uh, and it's, it would have happened regardless of the podcast, but my, I've really grown to appreciate Billy Gunn, like in his elder statesman role. I mean, I'm, I'm sad he can't scissor anymore, but.
2: um, (laughs) No, he's back. He's good. He's good.
0: But he's been, he's been outstanding in AEW. And I, I, I would never have thought I would say that like Billy Gunn added a massive element to the acclaimed.
3: It's. It's ponderous. Like, I don't... I, I would have not have <laughs> had that on my 2022 bingo card, but, you know.
0: But, what, scissor me daddy ass would have been, like, a mainstream.
3: <laughs> it's become, like, so popular. Yeah.
2: It's it's just... Like, the scissor thing worked, but the scissor me
3: daddy ass just... just Next kicked level. ...kicked it up, yeah. Well, and everyone h- loves the acclaim guys. Yeah. Except, so, um,
0: except Greg Kittles. He loves penta true (laughs) i want that fucking mask now though i want that mask so bad did you see it matt that custom 49ers mask that penta gave him after the game
3: i did see that uh i don't really particularly care for the 49ers so it's like uh, i don't want that mask but it it is cool that he's like giving away cut that's it's look aew has like a lot of room to grow in terms of like actually making those sort of like non-wrestling connections but that's that's a positive step in the right direction
0: they're they're mm-hmm. getting there though because Wwe gets better viewership stuff gets better viewers and stuff but aew really breaks through to that mainstream like notice more often
3: well wwe gets better ratings but they've been around for like 40 yeah. years and, it's, uh, yeah. and aew has been around like not even five and, yet
0: and it's really telling though that. AEW net doesn't hasn't necessarily grown their TV audience a lot, but WWE has fallen so far that it's still an upstart company that's under five years old. Is yeah. is pushing on them a little bit.
3: Yeah. AEW's ratings aren't that good. Their attendance is falling. Okay. Good job, keyboard warrior.
0: Is their yeah. attendance going down because they've been doing some huge ass gates?
3: Uh, For, like, the big shows, the attendance for some of, like, the Dynamites has not been, like, fantastic, but But, it's also been, like, But they've been
0: going – but the problem – but I don't necessarily agree with that, though, because they've been – most of the stuff they've done the second half of this year has been all new markets.
3: Uh, People are just, like, obsessive about this, and it's like, just watch
0: the show. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down and enjoy the damn show. But, I mean, if you're – like, they came to Columbus, and they did – They did about a thousand less than SmackDown did in the same building a couple months earlier, maybe 1500 less. And it's like, well, they, they could have probably gone to like Chicago and drawn 7,000 people, but now they know they can come to Columbus and do okay.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're going to go to Lexington and they'll probably draw probably the same that Columbus did. They'll probably draw about 4,000 to 4,500 people. And people will be like, well, the attendance down is like, it's a new market. Yeah.
2: Um, I'm going to be there. I've, it, I've um, already secured my ticket for that show.
3: If I could just get one like uh, constructive criticism for AEW, it's like they really should try to start running new markets. It's like, please don't go back to Chicago for the 50th time this year.
0: Oh, God, yeah. yes. Uh,
3: and they're going back like next week, um, which will be interesting, because uh, the Bucks actually... Lampooned that a little bit they like I guess Updated their Twitter bio yeah And they said like Like Chicago this should be interesting Right uh yeah so We'll see with that but they they I guess like towards The end of the year or early into Next year they're doing some West Coast shows and it's like you really should Like that's a whole untapped Market that you guys can do And -hmm. you should do because it shouldn't Be like the same like five Markets that you do and by markets I mean like Cities slash arenas
0: yeah i yeah. like coming to columbus was a good deal like they did well here um i hope they come back you know you need to you need to expand out because some markets the more markets you do if you have a bit of a downturn some markets will stay strong regardless
2: yeah and there I really are some th- places that are just going to be hotbeds for you
0: and i really think i really think they could do well um running mid-sized venues in markets that are really underserved by WWE. Like, I think, I think going to Lexington and Kentucky is great because they have not gotten like a legitimately like real WWE show in a long time.
2: It's, Mm -hmm. it's all been house show stuff. Yeah. They run up 75, they do Corbin, they come to Lexington, they leave. That's it. And you know what? How can I best put that? I don't care. I, I really don't. I went to a WWE house show like 14 years ago or something, and it was fine, but I didn't even say. I left early for the main event. And Triple H versus John Cena, I'm like, let's watch the entrances and go. And my brother's like, okay, cool. And we watched the entrances, and then we left because it's like, we know what's going to happen. Don't care. you know. And that was the one time.
0: Yeah, because right. I've been to I've been to a lot of live wrestling, and WWE is honestly like all the WWE shows I've been into are all like towards the bottom of that. Like I had more fun at Chikara, Ring of Honor, WCW, ECW, AEW, like Podunk, like little indie shows. Like I've enjoyed all that stuff more than WWE.
2: There's not a sense of complacency, you know. It's like we're the big show in town, and that's what's going like no like those indie shows are a lot of them are trying to work hard to make sure you come back
0: again well but the thing with the indie shows though is if i go to an indie show i can pay 50 bucks and sit second row sometimes front row and then i can hear them what they're saying in the ring like i have an up close thing like if they get fighting on the floor you can feel the impact into the guardrail it's a much better experience in like the first three rows
2: well yeah, uh, my AEW ticket is like a uh, lower arena halfway up.
0: I did like – we did like the front row of the club level when I went.
2: Given given the pricing at the time when I was buying the ticket, and I, looked at, I, I looked at what seats were available. I picked the one I picked intentionally because it was like this is – if I'm sitting here, I'm going to be able to see – I'm gonna be close enough that I can still, you know, really get into this, but I'm also not gonna be blocked if some jackass in front of me decides to stand on his chair the whole night.
0: And they, they mm-hmm. their their ticket prices are reasonable.
2: It it's <laughs> it's better, yeah.
0: I mean, um, the WWE one WWE is way cheaper than it used to be.
2: That's also true.
0: That's but all. like here though. They come here and they do pay-per-views. Like the last two pay-per-views they did here, I could have gotten a ticket day of, no problem. Mm-hmm.
3: That used to be the case for me I, when I was living in DC. Like whenever they would come to uh, the MCI, well, I can see MCI Center now. Like whenever they would come there, like I literally could walk there. It was like a fifteen-minute walk, mm-hmm. uh, and. There are times like I didn't go because I was like, I had no interest in going and watching WWE product. But it's like I could have at least gotten nosebleed seats for like 15, 20 bucks.
0: My problem is what last one that was here is like Extreme Rules or something. I'm like, I don't I'm not in for your gimmick pay-per-views. Yeah. And I would have been pissed because it was the one where the demon just like fell off the top rope and lost to Roman. No, I would have been so pissed.
2: Oh, God, that that honestly, that would have been a throw trash in the ring moment for me. Yeah, I was like, kick me out of the arena. Don't care. I'm throwing trash in the ring. This is happening.
0: Yeah. Okay. so we're going to we're going to stay in the vein of opinion change. So what is your favorite discovery that you've had while on the podcast?
2: I suspect my answer is going to be the same as at least one of yours. Well, I've got two for this, so I'm going to go for the the low-hanging fruit on, at least in my mind, and that is the late 70s Andre the Giant versus Stan Hansen
3: match from Japan. Are, Are we talking matches or, like, workers?
0: It can be anything. It can be workers. It can be, like, promotion. It can be, like, even dumb little, like, meme match we found or something like that.
2: Yeah, that's that's gonna be. I, I have an honorable mention that I'll sit on, but watching Andre Hansen, watching that whole match, which goes with what we were talking about earlier about um, the uh, Andre being a good worker and being capable and doing things you didn't expect. Like this whole that whole match blew my mind. I I loved it. So I'm I'm so happy to have seen that.
0: I think I'll stick to a match and do the Roddy Piper versus Jack Briscoe mid-Atlantic match.
2: Is that where he didn't know where the coins in the ring came from? Yeah.
0: <laughs> that one's a
2: fascinating match. You, you, There's so much of that match that is a headlock, but it's still really good.
0: Yeah, it is. It's really good. I would say I'd seen it before, but also the the sting right the sting Mike Rotunda TV title match.
2: Mhm.
3: Matt, what? The the Andre Stan Hansen one is good. Mhm. That's a good answer. Um, there's probably like a bunch of guys that. I could probably say, like, I've not discovered, but gotten a different appreciation for, like, Slaughter being one of them. The recent ones we've seen of, like, more Dwight the Clown, it's -hmm. like, the more I see, like, well, actually, like, Matt Borman's actually a really good worker. He Mm. just, unfortunately, his demons were too. But a match that I can think of that was, like, we watched because, like, the curiosity factor, but wound up being, like, a just ponderous match. Not in a bad way, like, in a good way, just, like, insane. Mm -hmm. is that whole uh the jushin thunder liger great buddha
0: oh yeah that
3: that was (laughs) turned like darkly violent and liger turned into kishin liger which is like you know god liger and unmasked and all that and that that was just an insane match where it's like what the hell is happening yeah that was that was
0: that's one of the most batshit things i've ever seen
3: that's that's a certain that's definitely like an eye open like what the hell am i watching
0: that's where you like realize like japan just like there's just like it's where you realize like why japan has so much charm Mm -hmm. Uh, i to go along with that though um just the insanity of that oh well she'd be on there uh dump matsumoto oh yeah Mm -hmm. it just is a heel and like that whole like just riot she has Bull Nakano, and like I think that I think that is my favorite wrestling moment is where she just hands her a weapon and is like come on like let's do this. Oh yeah,
3: <laughs> it made me want to watch more of her. I have not had a chance to yeah,
0: so far, but she's I just, like just uh-huh. just like her aura like you the first time you see her like oh this this is not good.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I sent it to you guys over like the weekend, I think, uh, and it's a clip I believe. That is from Dark Puraresu Flojian, which is on uh, on Twitter. So that's a mouthful. Like they're at they're at Puraresu Flo, okay. Uh, and there was a clip that was of Bull nakano and like she's fa- I don't know who know who's like she's facing, but they're like they start the, the couple of people like start hitting her with like kendo sticks, and she just like yeah. shrugs it off, and then she like takes it and she just starts beating the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it is the most it's like the, one of the most badass clips I've seen. It's only like 30 seconds or so a minute, maybe of like the clip. But it's like that's a bad bitch that she's just like taking off the punishment and, and like has an impassive look on her face. until yeah. she starts beating the shit out. Of <laughs> <laughs> and again, I have to point this out. I, I said this to you guys, but it's true. It's like she is like just like a badass monster back then. And the Bold Nakano of today is, like, she's in her, like, early 50s, I think. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Like, she lost weight. Uh, She went into, like, uh, professional golfing.
0: You wouldn't know know
3: know it's the same person. And there's the interview she recently did with Julia, the stardom star. And it's, like, she almost looks as young as Julia. Like, she looks fantastic. Yeah. I just looked it up. She's 54, about to turn 55. Yeah. You would not get that from looking
2: at her. And then considering everything that she put her body through, that's just really. So here's my honorable mention. And then when I say this, let me finish because I'll tell you why. My honorable mention that I'm glad we discovered is Blackjack Brawl. (laughs) Because, twofold, number one, I now have what I can point to as the worst wrestling show <laughs> I think I've seen. And number two, I can turn and point to the worst wrestling match I have ever seen in my life. And it wasn't even in a podunk gym in the middle of nowhere. It was on a pay-per-view in the MGM Grand. I'm glad I have that. Because now I have an answer, a definitive answer to that question. And I can you know if anyone comes to me and says that I can answer without hesitation the worst thing I've ever seen was on a pay-per-view
0: and if mm-hmm. if if you're talking to like one of the guys you worked with and they want to debate it you can put it on YouTube and be like now watch this and they'll be like ooh yeah
3: yeah look you look at that you will sit you will look at this look at this it's it really is like it's a new measuring stick for like the worst match you've ever seen
0: yeah we reference it so much too <laughs> It's that bad. It is
3: so bad. I, if you ask me, like who's the worst worker you've ever seen? Like nails would be in the conversation, and yet that show had a nails match, and that nails—that was AWF. Dirt. <laughs> and it, oh, it was AWF? Yeah, I don't oh, think don't, nails was oh, on okay. that show.
0: But I will say, I will, I will say this though. I'm gonna look that up. I think I thought he was. I will say this though, I. I would say I I would not classify Samson as the worst wrestler I've ever seen because Irish Assassin is there, but I would actually classify probably a couple of workers that I would say is worse than than that are worse than Samson, but no one's worse than Irish Assassin.
2: Yeah. Irish Assassin is I am I am blown away by just how tremendously awful Irish Assassin was. And then just how tremendously awful that match was. Cause I and... wouldn't say
0: Samson is good, but I would be willing to give Samson another try with a confident worker and see what happens. Uh, maybe, but like, I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying like, I don't think he was the problem in that match.
2: He was still a problem in that match.
0: Well yes, if, but he was if not. You the... say he's not
2: the problem. Okay, but he was still a There was nothing in that match that wasn't a problem.
0: He was like Everything 30 about that match was a problem. He was like 30% the problem.
2: We they, we had to spend like 12 to 15 minutes of our life Sitting through something that was thrown on the card to fill time with two people that I'm half convinced were pulled off the casino floor and said, hey, you want to make some money?
0: No, I I know Samson had done other matches and.
2: I said half convinced.
0: But it was a blood feud match. (laughs) 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 There is neither blood or nor feud. Don't forget the the Lumberjack match that ended in a double count out.
2: Yes. Like I am glad to have experienced that because now I have I have the low watermark.
0: I will say I'll say about that show. Sid came to play for his match.
3: <laughs> Someone did. He did. I think he was trying to get hired.
0: Well, and yeah, I I think I said at the time, but he is also in there with Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and you're either going to do what he wanted voluntarily or he was just going to do it for you. Because um, I think if you I think if we did some photo analysis that Dr. Death and a gorilla would have a lot in common.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Man, have you ever read how many drugs he got busted with in Japan? No. Who? Dr. Death. Oh, no. He had, like, a small pharmacy in his gym bag. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I think Michael Hayes has been a fun little side discovery, like how good he was on the mic back in the day. Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm? I could see that.
0: Oh, and um, how good Sean Waltman and Terry Gordy were, like, almost instantaneously.
2: The how good Waltman and Jeff Jarrett were like right out of the block.
0: Oh, um, J- Jarrett's it's stupid how good Jarrett was like insta- right? instantaneously.
2: Yeah, that 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 right. See that right there is why people put so much stock in second generation guys. And not everybody is going to be that good out of the gate, but they are starting from further along than someone that you have just trained.
0: Thing was, though, he so. was like smooth. That's where, he, like, I think he's not appreciated is like he looked like he had been doing it
2: mm-hmm.
0: for years.
2: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> what he was I, such I a little?
0: Oh, he was such a little slimy little dick bag and GWF. <laughs> like, remember he was, he was talking about how he was like sick that day and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was great. he was like a little Cobra Kai douche in... um.
2: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it Oh my god, that's a good way of putting it
0: Okay, so we have one more question And we're going to get into the difficult Heavy topic of the night Um, Yeah, here it comes Okay, so Kathleen Kennedy Has just been ousted from The head of Lucasfilms And you have been installed in her place You now have to salvage Star Wars as an IP And a brand What do you do?
3: You want know my answer, really? Go for it. Like let let the damn thing die for a while.
0: That's what mm-hmm. I was gonna say. Like nothing for five years.
3: Nothing for a while. It's not it's not good. Like I I was trying to explain this to to some people over the like in that last day or so. It's like I if you had told me back in the day, like tw- like 15, 20 years ago, like even mm-hmm. back like when the prequels came out, if you had told me like yeah, uh, here's a crystal ball. Like I'm just going to tell you, like I can look into the future in the future. They're going to there's going to be like brand new Star Wars movies. There's going to be like a bunch of Star Wars TV shows. There's going to be. Uh, new animated shows, there's even going to be Star Wars like uh, rides at Disney, like Disney World, Disneyland. Yeah, I would have been like – just told, that's all you told me. You didn't tell me like the specifics of things. I would have been like, holy shit, that's a, that sounds amazing. That's so great. Now that we're in it, it's like anytime they announce like, oh, a new Star Wars show, X-Wing or something, I'm like, why? Why?
0: It's, it's so bad <laughs> I like I even – I don't
3: want it. I don't want it.
0: Well, the problem is like they announce stuff now and even Normies are like, who cares? It's going to get canceled in a year. Yeah. Because like they they cancel like that's the thing, like there's a lot of talk about Kathleen Kennedy and like I think a lot of it's off the mark or it's like people see too much into it that they want, but I think where you really see her incompetence is the movies have progressively done worse. Um she's too timid as a leader because they won't try theatrical again because they're afraid of it. But you can't build brand confidence when you have fallouts with every creative team and cancel stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think where she's really bad is like hiring flavor of the month directors. Mhm. And then like because you know it's the it's the Hollywood cycle, then like their next project bombs and she panic fires them and cancels their project. Yeah. But I think really where where I would have an issue with the management is being too afraid to do theatrical because that just tells me you don't know what you're doing.
2: So I, I do have, I, I have a plan, kind of on the content side, because well, I agree, give it a breather. You you cannot it, wrestling principle. I can't miss you if you never go away.
0: No, because what what have we had in, like since um when when was the Force Awakens was that twenty seventeen or was that twenty sixteen? Uh, that sounds right. Some yeah, somewhere in there. So we've had we've had five movies. And I think five TV shows. Five or six TV uh, shows.
2: Something like that.
0: And so one good movie. One mediocre movie. Two bad movies and one movie no one saw. And then one. Two good TV shows and then the rest sucked. So that's not a good batting average.
2: Right. But here is my point. OK. We're gonna give it a break. Let it breathe. There are people that it used to be anyway. People that were Star Wars fans were were still Star Wars fans. You know, they would still go back and, and rewatch their VHS copy of the original trilogy periodically. So give it give it some time to breathe, for God's sake. Then here's what I'm doing. If I need to announce it this way, great. If I need to do this and and part of this would be, let's gauge for time and, and, and that sort of stuff, because I'm doing some research before I start it. But basically, I'm starting a new main line. I'm calling Star Wars Smugglers. And what I'm doing is I'm saying. We're going to go into the rim. We are going to have. What seem like more regular people out there encountering stuff you haven't seen before, doing things that are, you know, we're gonna have we're not having Jedi get over that. Like if they if you have someone who's force sensitive but kind of doesn't know what to do with it, okay, I can roll with that. But we're not having any damn Jedi. We're gonna have these people who are closer to run of the mill people who are trying to make their living the best way that they can, which happens to be dodging whatever time period I decide to set it in. Are they dodging the Empire? Are they dodging New Republic? Are they dodging both? Is it like over the course of time the Empire falls, but they're still dodging the authorities because the authorities want taxes and they're smuggling. Great, do it. Because we have lots of fertile ground we can do there. We have a way to do an anthology series that way. We have a way to have continuity. We could do like we we could go very British with it and have one run of the show Star Wars Smugglers Corellia. And then we go Star Wars smugglers and you just pick a different sector. And then you can have cross-pollination with it if you want to. But we don't have to have everything tied back to the Skywalkers. Everything doesn't have to be Jedi
3: and Skywalkers, okay?
0: That's a big problem.
3: It's a huge problem. It, that's, you've, you've hit upon something that I, it really has like cheated me. It's like I – if they started doing that, I at least would be interested. Uh, and I don't – I haven't – watched like the show that's ongoing now or just ended Andor, i haven't, I haven't seen that
2: Andor, so, Andor, i have a major problem with that I already exists in the entertainment world that name already exists what how much money are you paying to the bandersnatch group for ripping off a name from the robert jordan wheel of time foundation
0: and no one's watching sons watching it, of bitches no one's watching it anyway like it's supposedly good but it's like it's watch numbers are really terrible
3: uh
2: you couldn't do a lick of research and be like hey someone's already using this name
0: i mean they well, can't no, you, we're the
2: we're the mouse we'll do whatever we want to they can't you even know
0: what? they can't even research the original movies for kenobi to not like have glaring issues with that
3: right so i don't know uh all i know is like maybe that's good i don't know it seems superficially, at least, I haven't seen a, a single moment of it, but superficially it seems like it at least is like... Watchable. Maybe, well, like, at least it maybe is covering uh, characters that aren't just Jedi, but you've, you've hit upon something that I hate. It's like everything has to be Jedi all the time, everywhere. And it's like, I don't want that. I cannot tell you how I don't want that. The, like, the problem I Andorra was,
0: has, though, is they, they picked a character that wasn't particularly interesting. But what's your investment in the show? Because you already saw him get murked by Darth Vader.
3: Yeah, you kind of know like, what's, where it's going. But uh, Ma- Mandalorian, I liked the first season. And I liked it because it was literally, I mean, it's it's not, it's kind of derivative of itself. Because it's just ripping off like the whole Lone Wolf and Cobb. And cob.
0: Yeah, storyline. but look what happened to that show once Disney—it was a hit and Disney like started, like, instead of just letting um Favreau do what he wants, then Disney and Kathleen Kennedy started interjecting themselves. They ruined oh, it. Oh no,
3: no, that—that's what I'm getting at. Like the first season, I thought was fine. I even liked it. Mhm. Uh, and in in retrospect, it's like, well, it's actually kind of sad that it was successful, because as soon as it was then Disney just glommed onto that because like the, the films were dying. They weren't even going to do more films because that was a disaster. Yeah. But as soon as this like took off, it's like, Oh, okay. Y'all liked Mandalorian season one. Okay. Let's make 18 more TV series. It's yeah. like, no, you're learning the wrong lesson and you're right. Like, once they got their hooks into it, then all of a sudden it got, it, it got screwed up because
0: example,
3: like, Everything that I liked about the first one where it's like not really Jedi's. And
0: it's not tied I mean, to. I obviously, like, Baby It's Yoda, not tied, to the, it's not tied to the story.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even Baby Yoda. It's like, OK, yeah, he's like a he's basically like a force user. Maybe he'll be a Jedi or something. But it's like he's he doesn't really know how to use his powers. It's like, OK, I, he's not really a Jedi, so I can excuse that. But I liked the first season. I liked it. And the second season. I thought it started off. Okay. Like decent. you know, it was largely, I, I guess season two, I largely thought was okay, but then they, I, I didn't like the fact that, Oh, like let's halfway through the series. Let's, let's have an episode with, uh, Ahsoka, whatever her name is. Yeah. Oh like my Clone God. Wars. Oh my like, oh God. A, you, Ahsoka
2: backdoor pilot.
0: That's yeah, because well, that's like, I, that's like Dave Filoni's creation. So she has, like, uh, mega plot armor because that's, like, his pet project. Actually, I want to I say what perfectly, what perfectly encapsulates how they handled Mandalorian to me is call is giving Baby Yoda a name and calling him Grogu, because no one refers to him as that. He's still Baby Yoda. It shows how they don't understand.
3: They don't, understand, don't care because it's like, oh, we can market him. And it's like, no one gives a shit. All everyone ever calls him by is Baby Yoda this day anyway though like i agree with you it's it's eye rolling into the extreme and it's like you got a back to our pilot uh an ahsoka show out of this but he did that episode.
0: I, I didn't like that she's cause, not cause even that like, interesting it's a sad part
3: she's not she's not but that's not the biggest issue i had the biggest issue i had was the final episode It's like you're going to do that. It's like you're trying to wrap up the storylines for that. You bring back Boba Fett, which itself was a backdoor pilot into a Boba Fett show. That
2: was another – Yeah, the backdoor pilots in season two. We should have – we should do
3: another show with Tim. Well, Tim
2: Tim 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 hates all of it, so But the problem is –
0: but then they backdoor piloted the Boba (laughs) – The problem is they they backdoor piloted that Boba Fett show, but then the Boba Fett show – was half like unused Mandalorian scripts
3: right. Um but the thing that I hated the most, and I have friends, I have friends like our friend Damien like liked it. And it's like, i am I just an aberration? no,
0: and the, because do if the you... masses
3: just want bread and circuses because I saw it and it, like they had Luke Skywalker come and like defeat the big uh android stormtrooper soldiers the and resolve yeah. everything basically and then he's going to take grogu slash baby yoda off and he's going to train him and all that and everyone loves like oh it's 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 a uh, young uh, luke he's de-aged cgi like everything like that and i saw that and my instinct i immediately i up my phone after i watched that as soon as that episode was done, I mean, like, seconds after it was done, I picked up my phone and I texted, like, Damien and Chris, like, on our group text. And I'm like, I absolutely hated that final episode. Like, everyone's going to love it because of Luke Skywalker. I fucking hated it because of that. I don't want any more Jedis. I don't want any more uh, Skywalkers. I'm done with it. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm done what with Tatooine. They, they, they shoehorned it in.
0: I'm done with, yes!
3: like, the... They seem like tattooing is like the most important. Uh, well, they they the, do like, it the now because like,
0: they don't universe. have to spend money on sets is why they keep using. Yes, it. Yes, I know.
3: Like there's there is a real life like logical uh, reasoning for it. But it's so bad. It's so dumb. I hate it.
0: But you know? I mean, if you, uh, if, I, I can't. If you if you want to if you want to look at it, though, I mean, um, their stuff is getting to show how far it's fallen, though. I mean, even if people like that. I mean, House of the Dragon is eating its lunch, Andor's lunch, and Stranger mm. Things ate Kenobi's lunch. Like they're getting they're getting destroyed by what should be lesser IPs. And, and well, and especially especially in the case, both of them coming off of bad bad previous work.
3: Uh, they both of both of those things you mentioned like sh- uh, technically are lesser IPs in the sense that they have not been around as long and there hasn't been a, as much content from those franchises or those IPs. Uh, but you're dealing like Game of Thrones was very popular until it like had a, just a shit ending. But from I haven't seen <laughs> it, but from what I understand of House of Dragon,
0: it's supposedly like, good. it's
3: actually. It's supposedly good, and it's more reminiscent of like the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones that were actually like very good. So, people they people have bought in again. Um, and Stranger Things overall, I would say Stranger Things is actually like a a, a, a good show. I would say
0: it had it had gotten into they're, they're, season five was better, but like season season three and four had gotten heavily into law of diminishing returns, and they like this was a uh, must. This was like a must like be good season or they were going to not things? Yeah.
3: Uh, they so they did season 4.
0: Oh sorry, I missed that. Like this off.
3: next this next season will be season 5 and that allegedly is the final season.
0: I'm sorry, season uh, I would actually Season 3 was a bomb. So they had to do something good for 4 because they season I 3 would... damaged them pretty bad and they
3: I don't quite know if I would s- exactly say Law of Diminishing Returns, but yes, I would actually say it. It's like it's because I, I don't I'm not quite as down on it as you are. Uh, but I do say like the show is now in its fifth season and I I would probably make the argument like you could probably have done this like just in three seasons and yeah. get wrapped up because like you, they've dragged it a little bit too far. Because
0: it's actually remarkable that Cobra Kai has not gone off the rails yet compared to, like, everything else around it.
3: I, ha- I haven't seen the most latest season, but I would probably disagree there. I feel like Cobra Kai should have ended it with, like, three seasons.
0: Yeah, but it stayed. Even um, if it's gone too long, though, it's stayed. It's at least been good.
3: Hmm. Uh. It, I don't know if you've seen season four of Stranger Things, if you're caught up with it, but there is... There's for those the spoiler alert. I will I will not share this the this big thing, mm-hmm. the big reveal. But there's a big reveal in like the last episode of season four that I personally was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like this makes no sense, and it, it turns the entire series on its on its end, and I don't know that I like it. And I feel like there's so much more questions. It's like you should have just left things like ambiguous, but it is what it is. I overall do think that that, that Stranger Things is actually a pretty good show.
0: It's it's never been and, as good as it gets as people treat it as, in my opinion. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's like a B plus at its best It is not like an all time great show like some people treat it as. It's a very good show, but not great show. Is my problem. Very good.
2: Very good and original. Like it, 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 it's its own thing, which to be as successful as it is and be its own thing, that's a rare. It's it feels like a rarer thing.
0: Yeah, it's it's.
3: It's original, but it's also like heavily influenced by like Stephen King and other stuff.
0: It's, yeah, it leans
3: so it's, it's original, but kind of like not like the most innovative thing that they that could be done i and do it, think it's a good show
0: and they cover up mm-hmm. some of the some of the rougher edges got covered up with like the heavy nostalgia bait in it when that was like before mm. like hollywood had like totally burned that out
1: yeah mm.
0: but like i think it's i think it's like it's a show that is good um it's better than most shows but if you actually like watch it and like really think about it it has a lot of glaring flaws as a as a tv show I'm, it's
3: it has flaws. I would I would probably argue that it's one of the better shows from the last like ten years. Oh, definitely. But uh, and that's not a it's not slamming it because I do think it's overall. If you had to ask me, like I would say it's a it's a good show. Like yeah. Maybe it's not an A show.
0: It's a it's a B plus. I would definitely, it's a B plus at its best, yes. and it's gotten down into like C territory with season three. But it for the first two seasons was like anywhere from like a B plus to a B minus, which is a good show. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's a good show, uh, but it's one of the, it's, again, it's one of the better shows the last, like, decade.
0: Yeah, it's probably uh, that's the kind second of like, best that's kind Netflix of show.
3: It's kind of, like, that's kind of an indictment of, of just, like, content out there, because like, I know most content is, like, not no. very good.
0: It's probably yeah. the second best Netflix show, because Glow was better, but, um. But Glow is outstanding. Glow is like the one outstanding like Netflix original series.
1: I
2: have watched the first three seasons of Stranger Things. I didn't watch the fourth one. I don't know why. I, honestly, I the the um, the mind flare manifestation thing in season three, I just found distasteful enough. I was like, ugh, yuck. Season no, three just... I'm, I'm too, too much
3: body See... horror for you?
2: Yeah. It, yeah, that I, I looked at that, I was like, yuck, I'll finish this off, and then I'm, I'll am i walk away. My... I, I, I did not like it.
0: My problem with season three was, because, you know, and I get what they were going for, like how you kind of, you don't stay together as you age up, but to fill out the rosters as they split the characters up meant that the character bloat got really bad in season three, and they just had too many fucking characters. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like the... I don't remember her name now. The redhead girl? Oh, the uh, one played
2: by
3: Maya Hawk.
0: Yeah, she's kind of an ass, and they like really want her to... like Someone that writes that Wait, show... Wait, is
3: and, that... Was that Billy's sister, or are you talking no. about... uh?
0: No, she comes in in season two. She comes in in season two.
2: Oh, you are talking about Billy's sister, Yeah. Then yeah oh okay all right i got you there i thought you were talking about um steve's max
0: yeah max like the she's just kind of an ass and they really like started pushing her harder and i just don't care for her character and like i really just wanted the they never really gave the four lead boys like much time together like I'm still pissed at Dustin for, like, raising a Demi Gorgon because he's a dumbass. Hmm. But stuff like Mike being a little bitch is hilarious and stuff like that.
2: See, I, Dustin's my favorite of the four guys, and he did something dumb, but there's still kind of that childlike innocence to it because he didn't exactly know what he's getting then, into. Come
0: on. He, he That was pants on head stupid, Chad. It, he should be beaten with a... Uh, he should not head.
2: have done it, No. But it was not as uh, it was not as um, breaking for me as it was for you.
0: And I didn't like what uh, um, but... 13 sister really annoyed me and they like used her more in season three. And yeah, Blech. I don't know.
2: Just wait, wait, wait. Back up. 13
3: sister, 13 sister.
0: She pops in at the end of season two. Or eleven, I, sorry. I'm. I, I, okay. You got to give me. You got to give me a break. I haven't seen like. I, I haven't seen like. Are you talking about of the, some of
3: the other. Uh,
0: the other gift from kids? The, uh, Oh, yeah,
3: Okay. They, I was uh, that that. I don't know if they're. I don't, I doubt they're going to. touch upon in season five, but in season two, they did address those, and that that's a storyline that just got completely dropped off the face of the cliff.
0: Yeah. It should have been.
3: Because
0: they, it, I, they don't. Because they didn't, I don't think the fan base liked that very much, so they kind of meekly like.
2: like well, that didn't work. Never mind. Yeah. And they should have, because uh, that, that episode, it no, no, it was completely out of place. And it was not in, it was not in the, I guess they were trying to do something different and branched off a little bit, but it, it didn't fit. And I did not belong.
0: And I was kind of pissed they killed Sean Aston because I really liked his character in that show.
2: Well, yeah. Oh,
0: you You're knew he was gonna surprised. fucking die like a. He was gonna fucking die, but.
2: Yeah, I mean, you were you were supposed to be upset about him dying, but he actually died. He was so likable they they waited until like the end of the season to kill him. She could have shot the. Early.
0: She could have shot. They're, I just like how they're standing there watching him get mauled, and someone could have shot the thing, but whatever. Like but oh no, if only that's, if that's only true. I was holding a weapon that could could shoot it.
2: Yeah, that was that was rough.
0: Wasn't that hilarious too? Like you think he's gonna be okay, and just like bam, like dead.
2: Oh no no, there was no he's gonna be okay. I was waiting for the shoe to drop. That whole sequence, he's like heading for the door, and I'm like no, where is it coming? Where is it coming? I knew but he was gonna die, there, but they
0: give you that like brief glimmer of hope, and it's like nope, he's fucked.
2: Oh yeah, no! I, I didn't have a glimmer of hope. I was yeah, for me, it was the inevitable.
3: But yeah, um, uh, if you if you've seen season five, uh, again, like I, there's some things about season oh sorry season four that I I didn't really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is that the final the final episode, like there is some stuff, uh. I'll spoil it a little bit. There's some stuff that happens in Russia that I thought was actually like pretty badass. Oh, okay. Uh, that that I actually liked. That's good. And okay. it actually uh, it has a it has a, a guest star, a, a frequent guest star is a and Hugar, or whatever you say his name from Game of Thrones.
0: Oh. Yeah. Huh. You know what's okay. you know, also funny about um, House of the Dragon is how salty like everyone around that crappy Lord of the Rings show is that it did better.
3: Lord <laughs> of the Rings thing like, doesn't look good.
0: No, I can't believe... Where did all that money go? It doesn't even look good. Like Visually, it doesn't even look that good.
2: That's interesting, because I've heard... Some, I, I haven't watched it, because... I'm not that
0: big a Tolkien fan,
2: but I've heard some people who adore it and think it looks great. And I'm like, um, all right, whatever.
0: It sounds, Uh, it sounds utterly boring because they pull the, they pull the, they pull the, we talked about it before. It's like, oh no, this totally isn't Sorin. And it's like, ha ha ha. It was Soren all along. And it's like, yeah. Okay. Figure that uh, out. Like
2: if you know, if you know the lore from what I've been told, Again, I don't know, but apparently you're supposed to be able to figure that out. But
0: well, the problem um, is it's all sorts of screwed up because they don't—they only have like the rights to like an appendix in the Silmarillion.
2: No, it's more than that because they actually have collaboration with the Tolkien Estate. But, so if there is stuff that you see there that wasn't written somewhere else, the Tolkien estate has been involved and improved it.
0: Yeah, but like they so, can't. They had to use like the Harfoots because they couldn't use like specific things like they oh, have.
2: Yeah,
0: they they can't because u-
2: the hobbits are licensed out individually now. Yeah.
0: So they, they only yeah. have like rights to the second age. And it's really it's really dumb, actually. Like, I
2: yeah,
0: I wouldn't have done a show based on the rights I got. And the Tolkien estate is just like they're just greedy motherfuckers right now.
2: Well, I the best I can say is I after the finale on the first season, I'm looking at the next Wheel of Time season going, you guys got a lot to fix and you've got a lot to get. And here's the thing. I know a bunch of stuff had to be changed for the last the last episode of that season because of COVID and that sort of stuff. I get that. But there were decisions that were made that didn't have to be made that way, and it annoys me and it frustrates me, and of course I'm going to keep watching it because that is my franchise, but you've done some naughty shit you're going to have to fix.
0: The problem I have, though, with the Lord of the Rings show is – and this is a greater problem I have – can we fucking stop with the prequels? I am sick of watching – Stuff that they just want to gleam easy content by going back and answering questions no one had. Like I'm tired of watching a show where they expect you to invest like hours of your life into watching a story you already know the end to, and you already know the main mm-hmm. beats to. Like, like who who wanted to see? Hey, what about Obi One on tattooing being a hermit? Don't care. <laughs> <laughs>
2: First thought, whenever I heard that, is like, oh yeah, we're gonna have a series about Obi Wan being on Tatooine. I was like, are you gonna have the section of the show where he has to dig out a pit to be his latrine? Is that gonna be a thing?
0: That's a whole episode, but... Shad. <laughs> Just speaking but... of, when you say latrine, it makes me think of Robin Hood men in tights.
2: It should
0: because uh, if you, if you haven't heard it before, like it's um, Richard Lewis is with the witch. He's like, so why do they call you the witch, Latrine? She's like, it used to be Shithouse. He's like, well, change is good. good. Change,
2: good change. That that movie is not quite as timeless as other Mel Brooks movies is, but it's still funny.
0: Patrick Stewart has a great cameo in that too.
2: Be <laughs> called Jones. You know it. God, Mel Brooks is great.
0: Yeah, it's All not right. his best work, um, but you know, it's still good.
2: It's still good. All right. Is
0: were there any other questions for us to hit, Brad? No, I think I, I, I think I think I, I was thought,
3: gonna. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Matt. Uh, I was gonna just do a fun one uh, in okay. honor of like Thanksgiving. Yeah. What would be your Mount Rushmore of pies? Oh, it could um, be Thanksgiving pies. It could be any type of pie you want, actually. What would be your Mount Rushmore? So do we get... Sorry, you only have to choose four. Okay,
0: so... Okay, I've pecan. got
3: it for you.
0: Pecan would be I've, I've, first on mine. I've mind. got
3: pecan.
2: Pecan, for, okay. Pecan, no particular order, by the way. Pecan, pumpkin, cherry, and then derby pie. What's derby what, what is a dirty pie? Not dirty, derby
0: what's a derby pie derby
2: well okay that's the same question let me get the that's fine I'm pulling it up right now so that I derby pie is a chocolate and walnut open-faced custard pie baked in a pie shell
0: oh that's fun okay was
2: it was associated with the
3: Kentucky Derby
0: so my Mount Rushmore would be pecan now I'm gonna say pumpkin but only Frisch's Big Boy pumpkin pie which are the best pumpkin pies (laughs) Um, So caramel apple crunch pie um, That's a local bakery But other places do it So that has kind of like some walnuts in there With your usual apple stuff And then like kind of like a caramel layer on top And then fourth I'd probably do like a Dutch apple Hmm. Maybe a cherry Hmm. But cherry pie can be a little too tart for me
2: it just hits on it hits on my taste buds, right? I'm not
0: really a huge pie person, honestly. Uh,
3: it's tough to say like would I would I choose a pie or a cake? It depends on on the pie. Yeah,
0: it p- depends uh, on the cake my, too.
3: Yeah, my Mount Rushmore is the previously mentioned pecan. I would actually put pecan as like my number one. Like I love pecan. I'm going to make pecan uh this for this thursday i actually probably gonna make it tomorrow's to eat uh after thanksgiving it's a nice dessert like that's pecan pie pecan or pecan like i i can not really think remember
2: it. The pecan so. pecan uh, is what you you urinate into on a road trip whenever oh, you don't said, have it any...
3: yeah you've... i'm pretty sure my i'm pretty sure my family called it pecan pie I, that's like, okay we can fight like a southern thing uh uh, I uh, I put pumpkin as like the, the number two. Like I used to love pumpkin more, but as I've grown older, I like like pecan pie better. Uh, I would choose just a an apple pie or maybe like a Dutch apple pie. Like Dutch a, apples that's better
0: in my classic, opinion.
3: Classic pie. So that's three out of the four. And the fourth one, I would actually choose a chocolate chest pie. And if mm. I could actually like choose a, a specific, a regionally specific one, it's I would choose the Baltimore bomb pie, which you don't know what that is, but there is a company called Dangerously Delicious Pies that is uh, in Baltimore and then they, they I believe they have a store in DC they used to have like two I think they just have one now. but it's a chocolate chess pie, uh, a version of it, but they bake into it burger cookies and you might be like, what the hell is a burger cookie? Burger cookie <laughs> is very specific to Baltimore. <laughs> but it's sold as far south as like northern virginia and in uh in dc commonly i i feel like i only ever saw them like in giant uh but a burger cookie you can look it up it is basically like a shortbread cookie but it is wholly enrobed in basically fudge and it is absolutely delicious go to like do i'm
2: cracking up because there are so many different layers of you having to be okay you don't
3: know what that is but here's what this is and it's got this but you don't know what that is (laughs) yes very regionally specific things but look up a google image image search burger cookies and you can see it's like a shortbread cookie with like a fudge icing on top of it they are the damn most delicious things you'll ever have but they're like super rich. Like you can have like oh, two yeah. of them, and then you're like, I I gotta. I wanna down. vomit. Like, it's yeah. See, you, you don't wanna vomit, but it's like I've had my fill. It's like this is way too rich. I can't have any more.
0: See, in okay. Ohio, if you if you live in the right areas, you can get like the Amish pies, which are just oh so good.
2: That's that's why you spend most your life living in an Amish paradise.
0: Or the Amish restaurants here are so fucking good.
2: Uh, we've got – yeah, we've – what we have in Kentucky more commonly – I know of one Uh, – I'm going to say conservative Mennonite restaurant instead of Amish. But we have these Mennonite stores that – and I don't know if it's a partnership with the Amish. No, they're different. Like, okay,
0: um, we, we have the Mennonites well, I know, here too. Well, I, just, I, I know is... they're
2: different, but they're right by some of the – there are some Amish – communities down here oh, okay and i so i don't know if the if like the conservative mennonites talk to the amish and be like okay we'll operate the store for you to sell your stuff in or or what like i've been in an yeah. amish store where it's like they had lamp they lit the place with lamps and they had an old timey like mechanical cash register they ran it with but
0: let's see the, uh the so for people that don't know, that's why I was kind of bringing it up because people that don't live in our area probably don't know the difference. So if you see the mountain about, like, um, the Mennonites, like, they actually drive places and stuff, like, they're a little more liberal with technology. Um, and they they wear coloring on their clothes versus the honest, yeah because if you go up if you're around here like it happened we were at a funeral procession once and we had a long way to go and we got stuck behind an Amish buggy for like 10 miles
1: ooh
2: yeah ouch yeah but the um yeah, the Amish are very austere um but in the conservative mennonites are willing to do a little bit more but they still have the opinion of the they're they're very they're spiritual successors to the anabaptist movement and they're um very non-confrontational but live apart as well but it's self-sufficiency so if they've got a vehicle they have people in the community that know how to work on them
0: well amish Um, Amish society is actually really interesting because i didn't realize until i got older like they actually let their um their use about when they hit like early adulthood they let them go out into the real world for a year and like Some experience. of them do. It's called
2: Rumspringa.
0: Yeah, because I was I was reading an article once, and a guy was talking about like the TV shows he missed. And it was just interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, it it's to go out and see what the world is like, and then decide: do you want to come back to the Amish way of life, or are you going to leave? Yeah. And um, a lot of them go back because I mean that's what they've known. They don't want to leave their family behind, that sort of stuff. But then there are some of them who are like, hey, guess what? My dad's an abusive prick and I have a way out now. So, yeah. It does happen. Um, it is not a universal Amish tradition, but it does happen.
0: Yeah, because so. there's, like, especially in Ohio, there's degrees. Like, some of them are more liberal in the technology they use because i know some of the farms have like modern equipment now and stuff
2: yeah some of them do um they're okay funny story because uh, i have family that come from an area that had had a lot of amish folk um so he's he's going over to do some business with him and he go he hears some rumbling outside and he walks in And there's this whole room of Amish women typing away on computers. And he's like, what in the world? They had a generator running out back, and they were operating their own computers because they could – it was self-sufficient. It wasn't hooked to anything external, but they were doing it because they were typing correspondence or maintaining records and stuff like that. I was like – I mean, I I get it, but – and, you know, you can't see it right now because this is an audio medium, but I'm still doing like the dog has heard the sound. It doesn't recognize head tilt thing. It's like, ah, uh, OK. You
0: know, it's that's that's anything like, you know, the Catholic that goes to mass on Easter and Christmas. Like you, you probably have degrees of. Uh,
2: that's of that's really hard to do in the community, though. Well, yeah. If you're if you're in the community, Uh, here's the other thing. We were driving somewhere, and we drove by a group of Amish people on the side of the road, in a parking lot for one of their buildings, playing volleyball. And all I could think is, the Amish should not be playing volleyball. And my wife goes, why not? And I'm like, they shouldn't be. Okay, they (laughs) if there's any sport Amish people should not be playing, it's volleyball. could not process it. It just blew my mind. All right. How are we, guys? Is that...
0: <laughs> we hit the end? I was thinking... I think I, was I said... I just thinking about to that, that for burger okay. pie thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got in the weeds a little bit. But then yeah. again, that's kind of the point of these episodes. And
0: it's what do fun, you guys so. think... Okay, so one final question. We're going to end this on. So... Are dessert pizzas or breakfast pizzas good or abominations?
3: Uh, breakfast pizzas, I think, are perfectly fine. And I've had I've had them before and they're good. Uh, I, What would you consider a dessert pizza?
0: So like there's a place here that does it and it's in the it looks like a pizza, but it's pretty much an apple pie on like pizza crust.
3: Yeah. Oh, I don't know that I like that.
0: Or like it's, the cookie know, pizzas per- or like it's not necessary. It's more like a that's just, cake crust with like fruit on it. Like that's what kind or of c- cinnamon
3: cinnamon no, no, a cinnamon roll no. thing. Yeah. I, I've i been to Disneyland and Disney is known for this. Like they they If you do like a character breakfast, which is expensive, so if people don't do that, like I don't blame you. But uh, if you've ever done one of those, uh, usually they're some of them could be like buffets. Actually, I think most of them are buffets, but mm-hmm. they do a dessert table, and usually on the dessert table there's a you know a dessert pizza, which is like uh, kind of like pizza crust and peanut butter, like a peanut butter spread all over it. And okay, then,
0: no, that's just fucking like, gross.
3: I, well, no, it's like peanut butter, and then it's also like swirls of like jelly. it's like a peanut butter and jelly type of pizza
0: like it's
3: actually not bad it's actually not bad
0: i'm sorry but california does pizza wrong you guys just do (laughs) your pizzas are an abomination in california kitchen it sucks
2: so uh, just to answer the question i've never had a breakfast pizza before but i think dessert pizzas are fine as a gimmick if you got a pizza buffet and you're going to have dessert there you you, you it's the same format as everything else except it's a dessert thing cool i am all right with that
0: i think um and people are going to look down on me for this but they're all gone from here but i used to love it was um cc's pizza i
3: know oh, what you're yeah. talking about yeah, yeah. C's pizza i they used to have one like across the street from where i worked i would occasionally go there for lunch it's not great, but I kind of loved
0: it. <laughs> well, you know, you know what was the best? Because my fat fuck friends and I, when I was a fat fuck, would hit it up every Friday. Was when Pizza Hut used to do the buffet, we would destroy those poor yeah. fuckers every Friday mm. when we were in college.
2: Yep. I remember doing that when I was in high school, and it was you, they would ring you up and your total would come to six dollars and sixty six cents, yeah. and there were some people that would just freak out over it. But it's like, hey, guess what? I'm a high school senior they... in the middle of a gross spurt. I am chowing down.
0: I felt bad for those poor assholes. They probably saw us coming and they were just like, <laughs> damn it.
2: There goes profit margin for it. No, I, I'm, pizza's pretty, as far as restaurants go, decently lucrative, so.
0: Yeah. But, oh man, I, I do they still do the Friday buffet at Pizza Hut, I wonder?
2: I don't think. There's not a Pizza Hut that's still near, in my town, that even does dine in
0: yeah i don't think any of them do dine in here either
2: there's one that i can think of that's about an hour and 15 from here that still
3: has dine in but i think you know, they're,
0: i have i think they're all attached to like kfc's here and stuff now
3: i have not thought about that because i haven't ate pizza hut in literally in years mm-hmm. but you're probably right if i should think about it like i don't know that i could, uh, there's a few that are near me there's one that's only about maybe like a mile so for me, but I don't know that I can think of a single one that is still like a sit-down restaurant. It's all like takeout.
0: Yeah, cause I remember. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember, Del- delivery um, or takeout. I remember when I was in like elementary school, we would go get my bucket pizza, and I would play on the oh, Miss yeah. Pac-Man, um, mm-hmm. the sit-down mm-hmm. table, Miss Pac-Man, while they were cooking my pizza. Or, or book Galaga. It. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, book it so much free pizza
2: yeah yeah and well i don't know why they quit that that was a great program because
0: mm-hmm. they were turning us all into little fatty pig fatties <laughs> <laughs> that's why
2: you know what on that note i think we're gonna call it um <laughs> everybody out there thank you for joining us for this episode um we would love to hear from you on social media. If you've got requests, please hit us up. Uh, and coming up, we'll get back into our Dangerous Alliance series. But for now, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. And we'll see you next time.